This is the Let's Unpack That Podcast. I'm your host, Lyle Behrens. Thank you very much for tuning in. Today, we will be unpacking what you put out to the world. We're not going to go full secret. We're not going to go full self-help book. But we're going to get into what type of energy you put out to the world and what you get back in regards to dating, professional life, many, many various things of the sort. Please share the podcast if you enjoy it, stream it, all that good stuff. Share with a friend. Enjoy the episode and enjoy your week. What would you say has been the biggest misconception about Nipsey Hussle? Well, honestly, I think I was responsible for the misconception about myself. Just really? Yeah, I do. Because I think that when I first came in the game, I didn't have a filter. I didn't, I didn't understand how big my platform had become. And I would just talk about the true reality of my life and the true reality of mm. my environment, true reality of, you know, the culture I just came from. I got out to county jail and had a record deal waiting on me. And mm. came to New York and recorded my first mixtape and been Nipsey Hussle since then. So I just came from a, 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 a gladiator school into the industry. And it's it was different. it was still on me a little bit, right? And I, well, you know, I was talking to um, somebody I respect a couple of days ago, and I was just like, you know, I used to get on camera and talk about street shit, right? Or talk about gang culture, right? And then I get to my show, and everybody want to show me that they hard, and everybody fighting in the crowd and shooting up the parking lot, and so I'm like, damn, you know, I'm 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 putting out of energy through these interviews or through this conversation I'm having on camera. That's bringing it. It's, it's showing back up in my show. So that's when I decided I'm going to speak what I want to see. And I started talking about business. And I oh, yeah. Speaking about opportunity and speaking about progress and optimism. And I saw that come back to me also. And I said, I- Thank you for those fine words from the legendary Nipsey Hussle. I share that clip because I remember seeing that interview and going, oh, shit. Oh, shit. That's me right there. I realized this with my act. I talk a lot of shit about women and overly politically correct people and things like that. So I had to realize I'm doing something to attract quasi-racist white guys and weird loner niggas. (laughs) And I'm not trying to say I'm the version of speaking blunt street shit with my comedy i'm not trying to be like yeah you know i was doing the comedy version of talking about uh gang enhancements and that sort of thing (laughs) but i make this parallel because i say shit that a lot of weird white guys well a lot of weird guys in general but i i say shit that only a few people are comfortable saying publicly and like it's different because like i'm an artist and it's within the context but generally like the people that are really really gonna gravitate towards like the shit i say are going to be people that lack self-awareness then on top of that i put out a young nigga don't give a fuck energy you know i like to drink i like bitches I have wild things I say, like, you know, oh, we about to go cooning. Oh, we about to get our dick sucked. Oh, dicks are hard. Oh, it's coon time. But in reality, I'm more chill. Like, I'm wild. I'm wild for a black dude that isn't a weirdo nigga. 
but my wildness is contained. And it's probably probably a being contained is informed by comedy, it's informed by business, it's informed by being a working com comic. Like there's a cap on my wildness because like I do want to be a part of uh the 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 B and A levels of showbiz. So I'm still at the end of the day like there's you know we're not just releasing the valves all day. And honestly, my wildness is more verbal the older I get than it actually is me actually doing some shit. So point being, though, I got to accept the fact that when you speak a certain way, you're going to attract a certain energy you may not like, even if it is for the sake of art. I remember Jerry Ferrara. He played a turtle on Entourage and he was on Power. I don't know who he played on Power because I only gave Power. Like, I gave Power, like, five episodes. And it, it felt like Empire meets New York Undercover. It was just like, this is an oh, oh, word. Now the DEA agent is fucking him. Okay, yeah, sure. Oh, and he sells drugs with a white boy. Oh, interracial uh, <laughs> criminal organization. All right. <laughs> not, not that that shit don't happen, but just like, oh, God, it, uh, I, I couldn't get into it. But anyways, uh, Jerry Ferrara, dude, to play Turtle on Entourage, I saw him on Jimmy Kimmel, and he was saying, he was like, yeah, you know, people come up to me, and like, you know, they'll be like, hey, want to get high? And like, I'm like, no, I don't really smoke that much. And they assume that I'm like my character because I play like a, a pothead. And Jerry is making way more money than I am. Jerry isn't writing his lines like I am. I'm choosing to say this shit. I'm choosing to present this shit. And, and Jerry is like, you know, you're on a show like Entourage. Like, that's not, you know, that was, I mean, it was big enough for, for like where they made a movie. You know, it's like, you know, it's a fucking guy show. But uh, enough fucking guys will come up to him and just like assume like he wanted to try some of their, uh, some of their stranger danger weed. And I'm not going to switch up. Like, I'm not going to be bored on stage for a half hour to attract people that would maybe be more tolerable because fundamentally I'd rather be around people that are interesting and kind of annoy me than people that are pleasant enough, but they're fucking boring. Like I don't want to be around that. And that's just socially, like socially my friends that are like, that are, uh, that are not comics and my friends that I met before I was even a comedian. That's man. I feel like I have less and less friends that like, I knew pre me being a stand-up comic. I was like, <laughs> I don't, and like two, like probably like two of them have been on the pod already. It's like, yeah. Anyways, um, but that's just me socially. So and so, I need to accept. I put out who I am, and who I am is very comfortable with challenging the status quo. I'm comfortable with challenging the norm via my art. So I'm going to attract people that do have their own version of that. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, and this goes back to, I say all this because it goes back to my first, the very, very first episode of this podcast, the, um, the weird white guys, the comedy shows and how I was saying a bunch of shit like, and, and I'm not, I'm not pretentious enough to assume that you guys like listen to every episode religiously. I know some of you guys check in and check out. But so that being the first episode, and, and obviously it was something, it was something that, uh, that that stuck with me. 
It's like it's like with my album. I've had multiple old white dudes reference couples therapy and say, "Hey, I really like that Chinese nigga joke." And I'm like, and you know, and it's like again, I'm putting that out into the world. So it's like, and this has happened to shows too, where like it's like, yeah, yeah, the the, the one thing uh, you said said about uh the niggas. And it's, it's like I say nigga a lot in my act, and it's not in the context. Of like, yeah, nigga, you know what this is like, one bitch, right, nigga? Yeah, yeah, knock, knock, nigga. It's not like that, you know? <laughs> I'm not doing like Jerry Seinfeld shit. Like, yeah, what's the deal with Ubers, nigga? <laughs> so, what's the deal with Ubers, nigga? You mean a nigga could just go in his phone? They say it's a smartphone, but too many dumb niggas have it. What's the deal with that, nigga? Like, I'm not doing, I'm not doing that type of shit. But <laughs> oh, you can tell I want to do racist Seinfeld so bad. <laughs> Me and Trev be doing that shit to each other. We be doing racist Seinfeld back and forth. Anyways, uh, back to my point. But I gotta like just accept some shit like that. Like, okay, if I'm saying nigga up and down, not that like you fucking get a pass for saying it. Not that you know. But I got to accept that's going to come back to me. It's like uh, that one wild Jewish dude that fucking uh, messaged Neil. <laughs> I, don't, I don't give a fuck. This is like episode 34. Uh, <laughs> it's like when Neil messaged me and he was like, he was like, yeah, I got some chink niggas that can stand to listen to this. And I was like, yo, first off, I don't, I didn't even say chink. And then, and then he just took it upon himself. But the point is, I speak a certain way. I present myself a certain type of way on social media. So I'm, I'm like, okay, am I willing to, I don't even think it's about living and dying on a sword, but it's me knowing that my, my expression is going to hit home with a certain type of people and they're going to think they can communicate with me a certain type of way. And I can accept it or I can switch up or I could just be tired from checking motherfuckers all day, but I got to choose one. Okay, so Ariel is here with me. Hello. Hello. Thank you for joining. Hi, listeners. So I have Ariel here with me for the segment. Other than the fact Ariel's great, but like when I'm about to like uh, talk some shit about women, it's like, yeah, yeah, come in here, defend your kind, or join me. You're <laughs> <It's... laughs> like a token. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. So a pet peeve of mine. Actually, I hate the term pet peeve sometimes, and I know that's, I'm not trying to be redundant or cute, but it's like, sometimes it's not really a pet peeve. You just think it's some dumb shit, but we say pet peeve and saying like, one thing I think is dumb. Anyways, so here's something I think is stupid. Is when women say shit like, just because a girl posts sexy pictures, doesn't she mean she wants to have sex or is a hoe bag or a thought or a slut? And then saying something about men being natural born rapists or whatever the bullshit they say that's like 35% true. Well, damn, those so, are two different things. Well, you know, I'm just saying this. I'm just making fun of women's rants. That's all. That's all. That's all. Well, that was a left turn. Well, you know, I'm good for that. I'm good for that. As, as we established at the top of this episode, I'm good for some left turns. But anyways, but so, so, so for me, for example. I wasn't going crazy, but I post photos of me and the homies in the club, and I and I make a lot of joke posts on social media in my early twenties 
about interactions with like women and drunk niggas that happened in the club or a bar because that was my early 20s and my late teens. And I'm aware I lost out on some women that were down to date in a way that I would have probably wanted to date them because they're just like, oh, he seems like a little club boy. He does comedies out all the time. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, yeah, well, like I'm, you kind of present yourself as like a little club nightlife rat. And then you go out and do comedy. And then I'm, my comedy is like a lot of nightlife talk. So I say all say, I say all that to say. When I see women going out like that, because I don't feel that like just because a woman like is, you know, taking sexy pictures or whatever, that means like a uh, guy should be sending unsolicited dick pics or crass or crude comments like that. Obviously, that shouldn't be done. I also think she can't make a crusade about unwanted attention because part of being a person is knowing what you present to the world and what comes with it. Uh, yeah, I 100 percent agree with both the things that you said, like. I don't think it's really hard to not be disgusting, like talking to some of your listeners, I'm sure they won't admit it. But then I also think that... Sometimes it's also hard to not be disgusting, though. Sometimes <laughs> well, it's just have like... You, I mean, have you seen some of those comments, like, shows your butthole? It's like, okay, you know, don't be disgusting. But The link's in the bio, asshole. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be seventeen dollars <laughs> <laughs> um, But... I think your point is well taken that like there is such a thing as branding. Everyone's got their own personal brand these days as far as their social media profile goes. You just talked about your personal brand being nightlife and you're a comedian and that's a big part of your act. So it's like not supposed to be a surprise when people assume that is what you're about because that's what you're putting out there. And I think we all are all smart enough to know that branding is just branding and like social media is not real the everything but if you choose to make that part of your brand then you can't just be like surprised when other people you get some gross dms honestly yeah i mean that's like i mean that that's my problem with like a certain sort of feminism is is that sort is that pussy parachute thing where it's like because like me as a black man, I'm aware, like niggas, like we have a certain kind of like thing, like, all right, I, I signed up for this. Like, it's no nigga walking around with a neck tattoo and a grill in their mouth, like, man, how come they fucking look at me when I walk in the store? It's like, nigga, you know, like, you, you, <laughs> you signed up for this. You know, you're intimidating, and you know that if you walk around with a neck tattoo and a grill in your mouth, do you know that that's kind of like only normal for like a, a five block radius? And even within the hood, that's still like intimidating. Like even niggas from the hood are just kind of like, ooh, that's a little intimidating. Like, right. I'm not scared of you, but damn, nigga. Like, just, you weren't born with those things. Right. So when you, so when you put things on that like, you know, it's like you, you can't be fucking shocked. Like that's the shit that I don't like. Yeah, that. I think there's two things happening here. One of them is like, like the branding piece I mentioned before. And the other is just the anonymity that the internet provides. So it just makes people be way grosser to you than you they would be in person. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah, maybe in a club situation, you get people, like I had a friend, she had long blonde hair. And every time I we went to a club, like people would, men would touch her hair and just like caress it. And it was really fucking weird. And like, that's honestly weirder to me than sending like a gross DM when you have a sexy profile. You know? Right. Because it's like, that's a person's physical space. You know, that's not just some image you're seeing on a screen, two-dimensional version of someone. I think it's more like, 
Yeah, I think generally you should conduct yourself in a way that you wouldn't be embarrassed if that came up later on in your life. But I just think like girls who make profiles like that and the majority of them know that that comes with the territory. It's more like when is the line crossed beyond just being like, yeah, I expect to have a couple creeps because I look good. And like, that's part of the it's part of the job description here versus like, there are and I also think girls use the term creepy. And this is goes back to our generation when we when we were like in high school and shit. I think like girls use the term creepy way too casually. Okay, but I mean like like <laughs> I'm just saying no no, I, I know what you're saying. I just <laughs> that's just something I'd throw out there. Yeah, I mean like show one with your feet in it. You know what I mean? Like right. <laughs> but then like I think that they expect things like show one with your feet in it. But, like, then there are girls who get, like, full-on harassed, like, death threats, rape threats, just because they're posting sexy pics. Yeah, that's disgusting. Like, that's but that's, that is what these girls are dealing with. And, like, to their mind, their inbox is full of a mix of everything. So, like, when they're like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? They're not talking to, like, the everyone. They're talking to, like, those gross, like... Like, I want to cut you into pieces and feed you to my cat. You know, like, that's what they're oh, talking God. about. That happens. No, I know. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about some, this one girl. She, like, docks some boy, uh-huh. and she, like, found his shit. I'd love to hire her. <laughs> <laughs> she, and it was, like, some, like, Middle Eastern boy who was, like, 14, 15 years old, and she got all his info. And then he was like, no, no, no. And then she posted screenshots of him pleading. <laughs> not to fucking send it to a school she did. And I'm like, God, these kids are wild, man. Yeah, I mean, I think that people take things way to the extremes on the internet these days anyways. It's like a screenshot that could, like, end someone's, like, tenure at their school when they're 14. I mean, come on. Like, can we all grow up? There's shades of gray in everything. And, like, a 14-year-old isn't going to learn his lesson by being... 100% exposed on the internet by the girl that he was sexually attracted to. Like, that's probably going to fuck him up even worse. <laughs> you know? Oh, that's hilarious. Like, that's how mass shootings happen. That's a good point. So, about women, like, presenting themselves a certain way. I'm also uh you gotta know where the fuck you at type of person. Like, like, you ever be at the beach, right, and you see, like, a woman wearing a thong at the beach, and it's this, like, older woman, and she may be with kids, and she just, like, mean-mugging the fuck out of her? I'm like, you at the beach, you're going to see some butt cheeks. You get in the <laughs> water, you might even see some titties pop out. You are at the fucking beach. Uh, Women butt cheeks make an appearance there. I understand not wanting to look at that. I understand not everybody having a European approach to nudity or sex scenes in movies or whatever, but you sign up for seeing all types of bodies when you're at the beach. A few you enjoy looking at, and a lot you don't want to look at. <laughs> but mm-hmm. if you can't handle bare butts, then like just stick to the family Stay pool. Stay home, yeah. Stay home. Maybe not even go to the pool. Like butt yeah. cheeks are just gonna be. Yeah, butt cheeks are a fact of life. Right, especially when it comes with women's bathing suits, suits and all that. And like you know what really makes me think of this is. I remember, because as much as I am like a kind of like lady, like you got to know what the fuck you signed up for when you do that. Because us as men, like us is, because like cause like me, like I am, I don't want to say I'm unapologetically black. I would say I'm, how would I put it? I am uncompromisingly of my culture. That's That's how I describe myself. So I I realize I'm like I'm like six six one, 
buff fat dude, big shoulders, big arms, lifting them weights, eating the pasta. I project when I speak. And I don't really, I don't change up my voice. I have very African-American posture. I'm kind of aware that like some people are going to speak to me a certain kind of way. And like that, and I have like a very like, yeah, fuck you too, nigga. If you fucking condescend to me, but I'm not like, man, why can't, cause I know I can live my life a certain, and like, it's no way to live my life. You know, it's no way to be like, yes. Oh, definitely. And, and you gotta be true to yourself. you gotta be true to yourself, but I'm very aware of the shit that comes with that. And I'm aware that like, okay, I'm choosing to be in a certain environment or a certain establishment so I'm like, okay, if I know I'm at the winery or if I know I'm at uh, the the nice hotel or whatever, I'm realizing that like some certain, you know, it's not gonna be like it, you know, it's not gonna be like it was in 1982, but it's still gonna be there. You know what I mean? But that so that's why I'm like, know where the fuck you're at. You know, I was at um, I was in downtown San Francisco, and this was during Comic Con, and there was this girl. And she was like, like curvy girl, but you know, she kept it tight. And she was in body paint and basically lingerie Mm -hmm. or something like that. And then it was this old lady, (laughs) two white women, and it was this old old white lady. And she was doing like the passive aggressive thing, like some people, and just saying it out loud, like, and she was like doing the thing that white women do in the grocery store, where like, oh, the asparagus is really coming and they're saying it out loud but they kind of want you to talk about produce fuck you bitch we was talking to me when we was young anyways so she was doing that and then the girl like she looked like she was just in a rush to like get what she needed and get back to comic-con and i say she was in a rush because she was walking really fast throughout the store getting like cliff bars i wasn't following her but she was like <laughs> but she was like i mean come on everybody's looking at her but so like and she and she was like had a big ass smile on her face and then like the old lady is trying to get me to like and she's like some not cover up actually can can you believe it and I'm like this is the most Bay Area shit a white woman trying to get a black guy to condemn a young white lady for having her body exposed for having her titties out and it's also in San Francisco it's 100 percent legal to have your titties out on the street that that is true like yeah public nudity in San Francisco is like it just can't be sexual it, it can't be flashing. Or it can't be an erect penis. Right. And there's no way to see if the pussy's wet. So. <laughs> <laughs> I have a similar story. Yeah. You can finish yours. Yeah. No, no. But I'm saying like, so in, in, in that uh, in that instant, I'm, I'm like, well, you're in downtown SF. If this was like any of the Trader Joe's in the, in the world, like, yeah, like make your little remarks. But like. It's fucking downtown San Francisco and San Francisco at that. We have Beta Breakers, which is which is supposed to be about fitness and endurance, and it's just nudity and drunk people. We have it's fun. Yeah, we have Pride Parade where we have literal dick swinging and women dressed like hoe bags. We have Folsom Street Fair, BDS, and you actually see sexual acts take place at Folsom Street Fair out there. So I'm saying, like, you have that, like, that's the culture. Of San of San Francisco, and then you're going. Like, uh, I'm like, you don't know where the fuck you're at. Like, and that's like, yeah, move back to Walnut Creek, bitch. Yeah, <laughs> like I have a very, I mean, I'm obviously a utopian, but I have like a very kind of like social contract that I feel. I feel like people need to acknowledge social contracts. Like, okay, if you go out like this, fucking expect that from the world. If you go here, expect that shit from the world. So in the same vein, I was at Pride like two years ago, 
and there's a girl wearing like a string. It's like a gold string around her body. Titties fully out, like vagina fully out. It's just a gold like contraption around her body. She was having a great time just walking down the street, totally nude, right? She had a great body. And this like this like older You know what's funny with those? Those like those like great bodies like a, a Folsom or a Beta Breakers or Pride is like call me crazy, but I when I see like women like that, there's I feel like it's like the Olympics and they're like training for that shit. <laughs> yeah, why wouldn't they? She was on a, a juice cleanse for two weeks prior. I'm saying <laughs> and and this this older I I don't know if he was homeless, but he had all the trappings of it. Was like, oh my God, you see this? You see this? He's like videoing all his friends. He's like taking Facebook live streaming it. He's, I don't know what he's doing. He had a flip phone. So, but he was just like going crazy over her. She was not giving a fuck about him. She's just walking, like, just making her way down the street. But then, like, three white women were like, you need to stop. You need to stop. That's not, that's, she's here for an event. You need to stop. And it was, it was. Like, I hate those bitches. <laughs> right. And it's like, this girl chose to go out butt ass naked. Like, you don't think she considered people have phones these days? Like, of course she knows that. Like, she knows the impact she's having. She doesn't really seem to give a fuck. Like, stop pr- being protective when there's nothing to protect. It's literally all hanging out. I remember I was at Folsom Street Fair one year and. So I linked up with Jason and then like it's about to go down. And then it was like these girls that were like <laughs> just walking around. Like it, it ain't like they, I, I got the pictures on my phone somewhere, probably. Or Jason has them. But and they like to and they had like these big coats and they took and it was one girl in leather pants with they were just top leather pants and leather top, super skinny, huge fake tits. And it was like three girls, and then they just and then everybody's got their phones out taking pictures. And they're basically doing a photo shoot for pedestrians. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's just, re- you know, by the way, man, so, like, see, that's why, like, the Bay Area is, like, no fucking fun. Because there's too many of them white bitches, them, like, feminist assholes that you described. Is feminazi offensive if I say feminazi? I mean. I ask you as a I, Jew, know, not as know. a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think also it's just like it's used so much by people who like don't care for anything about women that it's like when you use it, you're not it's not as specific as what you mean, in my opinion. What's like a good way to describe like toxic feminism? You just call them toxic feminist? Yeah, I like that. Okay. I feel like it's I, a- people often say white feminism. Yeah. Well, you I know, think it's- that's a lot of it. I hate because there is there are some some Latin ex bitches and fucking uh like uh weirdo queer black bitches that are like that I would say have white feminist uh mind state. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's just maybe man hating. Okay, yeah, man haters. Yeah. I don't hate men. I just think oh, yeah, fuck it, fuck it. You hate men, and some of them do hate like the, the whole men are trash movie. Oh my god. Anyway, so. But shit like that, like, I fucking hate because it's like, you gotta realize, like, you're presenting something. No, it can't be, it can't be videotaped. Because my thing is, like, okay, you go, you mean to tell me, like, a, a lady fucking 
with a nice body walking around naked that you know men are taking pictures for fap material later. Like, uh, like oh, that, that's awful. But then it's like if somebody has like a, a fucking at, at, by the same token, if somebody like has a a crazy outfit on, there are also people to just take pictures, which I think is fucked up when people take pictures of somebody like you know they're just like he looks like a celebrity. Oh man, look at those shoes. You know those like hater uh fucking taking pictures of stranger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't like that shit. But that that's that's some punk shit. Y'all need to stop doing that. But anyways, I'm like, yeah, man, you gotta you gotta fucking know what you're walking into. And it, like you're really insulting this girl's intelligence when you go up to another guy taking a picture of her. Cause it, you're really saying like, look, she she came out for a day. She didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't know what she was getting into. She thought this was a safe space. This is a street. <laughs> street that's where you sell shit <laughs> yeah man so that's like what about with like women like in the fucking like in the club like to what level? or like at a bar well, yeah like at a all right so i got this thing like at, at what point is it just where was it like in a nightlife situation is it like all right, come come on. Women shouldn't be getting all this attention. And at what point is it like you you at a bar, you at a club? What the fuck? And you dress like this. Now, I again, I don't feel like women should have they they wrist grab, they waist. I don't feel like anybody <laughs> all of that. I don't feel anybody should be touched that don't want to be touched. What I'm saying is, at what point though? Because I do, we do hear women say things like, "Oh man, I can't even." Just dance with my girls. It's like, but just say that though, you know. Like this, this is a this is a place where people go to fucking meet. This ain't a dancing with your girl space. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think like it's so the line. I like your line. No one should be touched or doesn't want to be touched in a dancing situation. That's kind of how it works in the club. Is like people will come and just dance with you. So you can't act crit like, oh my god, he touched my hips. You know, like it's like you gotta expect. That that's gonna happen in the club. You know, I got choked out for that one time. Whoa. Yeah, I, I was with Troy, and it was like I was like in the I was in the club, and there's having a layover of all places, of course. But like I was in the club, and then it was this girl, and she she kept like dancing, to, and like her ass kept touching like like my hip and my hand. And then I was just like, oh shit, I'm gonna grab away. And then because I was like, because that's normally like the mating call. Yeah, yeah, that is. She choked me the fuck out. And I was like, all right, chill, chill, chill. And then she... She, like, grabbed your throat. Yes. Ouch. And then Troy... And then I was just like, I can't. I really want to smack this bitch, but I can't. And then Troy's like, no, no, you didn't mean nothing. And then she's, like, fucking going off. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's insane. That's that's toxic feminine feminism right there. That's crazy. Because, like, I mean, I, I hear girls say, I just want to go out with my girls. But, like, I've never personally been in a group of girls going out not hoping for a little male attention like or if it is just hanging out and dancing it's like you don't go to a club for that like i mean sorry we're all smart yeah maybe she just didn't like you but that doesn't mean she needs to do all that well it's like she <laughs> kept like dancing into my space yeah. like my my little uh three inch four inch bubble yeah i mean she that's insane yeah <laughs> and it's like if you don't like you keep touching me and bumping into me so i'm like oh you must want something 
right. know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's how I would have gone about it. Yeah, I, I mean, that's what I was like. Like that was like, I mean, that was like probably like the solidifying moment where like I'm done fucking going out in Oakland. Like this town been trash. Yeah, I, that is crazy to me. I mean, okay, so on my perspective, like when I was in college and I went out in D.C. and like I think granted, like I you know, hope she's dead and somebody fed her to a cat. I think that <laughs> <laughs> you notice how I just ignore these things he says, listeners. What do you do when he says things like that? <laughs> right in. No. <laughs> no. So, like, when I'm out in DC, and like, there was a time when I was in the club, and a guy basically reached under my skirt and like grabbed, like, really close to my like privates, essentially. And it was, I, I felt awful. Like, I felt like disgusting, and like, I was like, am I stupid for wearing this and like that kind of thing? And and I and like my friend was like, well, that's what you should just expect. You need to wear like more shorts underneath your skirt when you go out. Oh, that's terrible. Right? Now that's promoting rape culture. Yeah, exactly. And like, like you said, the line, no one should be touched without wanting to be touched. And even if I was dancing with him, it doesn't mean that I want someone to reach under and grab, grab me. You know, like I think that. But I think that the 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 hard thing about being like here's the line and if it's like this and it's like this is because of alcohol everyone's drunk mm. nobody's perception of what's happening is the same as their neighbors you know like like let's just say i'm not gonna use your example because that sounds insane but like let's just say i'm in the club and i think that i'm dancing with a guy and it turns out I, I, I turn around and he's just trying to get past me like that's just like a normal thing that would happen yeah. you know that's just like you think you're dancing and you feel a body behind you you're drunk they're drunk. They're going somewhere. You're not. Um, but it's like that's why the the lines get crossed all the time with the club because it's just that's one of those gray areas of life. We all want to go out. We all want to have a fun time. No one wants to feel violated. But it's one of those things that you can't just classify. It's rape culture because it's like no, but people still want to go out and have fun, and people do meet people there and hook up and have a good time. So the answer is stopping a bitch and uh for women for women yeah don't be a bitch and if you're a man uh hands off unless explicitly told um <laughs> and yeah that's like the other thing noticed like where i was like all right this shit is too it's too fucking dick because like me will ralph like we grew up like i came up going to club like before i was even old enough to be in a club i was like you know 18 19 20 like going where it's just like it's bumping ground like you just walk up to a chick and just like rub your meat and she's with it like that's <laughs> that's our generation that's <laughs> our generation and that's like we've been doing that since middle school <laughs> right right that's our generation and then it's like and then if you from some like you some goofy liberal arts bitch that like went to uh art history what's the what's the uh the college for the bitches in oakland that nobody that's about to get shut down mills college yeah so if you went to the bitch school man <laughs> I feel like being problematic today, nigga. Uh, <laughs> no, but like, like you go to Mills and you from some like fucking bum ass state like Indiana. You from bitch ass uh, uh, Iowa. You know, you know, you know the 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 fuck off states. It's like you coming to a black club, nigga. Like fuck you. Yeah. You'll choke a nigga out, but then I can't do nothing. Yeah, choking someone. I mean, that should have been security on them right then. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, you know, layover garbage ass establishment. Anything, <laughs> anything else happened there? Uh, not that night. 
<laughs> but um, but yeah. All right, so I want to unpack what you attract on a dating profile. This gets tricky for me because I believe all men are trying to fuck on dating apps, and I'd see women on there just looking to hang out, no hiccups, and that's like weirdo shit to me. But if you're a guy looking for a relationship, and we're going to bang this out because I know you want to get to the, I know we're trying to get to the, the how can you show that you're down the fuck part? I, I know you, you're trying to figure out how to attract hoes, but some guys like relationships. So if you a guy and you looking for a relationship, it's two things for how I think you can attract that REO. One is a girl will basically pressure or, finet or finesse you into a relationship that you've been hanging out with or you guys will both be into it. So I think that's how it is. Like you just got to have somebody that you're fucking and then you figure out you like them. Easy. The other is your lifestyle will do that for you. You have your own spot, your own car, and, sh and shit like a passport that's been stamped up. That's relationship bait. You take care of your body. You, you know, you, you post your bookshelf. You got the books. And you do fun shit. Being outdoors helps. Hiking, barbecue, having friends, running, camping. Women like field trips. If you look like a nigga that just be out the house or a drinking establishment, that's not relationship bait. You gotta at least appear like you you uh you be out the house. Even if you want to attract a homebody, you make it nice enough home. You can turn any girl into a homebody. I don't know if you can turn any hoe into a housewife. We know you can't, but you can turn any woman or hoe into a homebody. <laughs> She'll just be sucking other dicks at home. <laughs> <laughs> But relationship bait is you got to look like your life is going fine. You're doing all the things women want to do in a relationship, but you're happy doing it secure by yourself. That's how I think if you're a man, that's how you get that's relationship. That's how you attract a relationship. I 100% agree with that. And I will add that a lot of men who want relationships, you know, like the Chinese finger trap, there's probably like a not racist word for it. Just call it a Chinese finger trap. We're not we're not going to be. Uh, Pressured by the media. <laughs> I'm pressured. But but you pull too hard and it sticks you, right? And it's like to want a relationship, if you want it too hard, you're not going to get it. Because then you come off as like one of these types of guys who's like, why do they always like the bad boys? I'm so <laughs> polite. I hold open the door. I pull their seat out for them. And I always get shat on by these girls who just go for the bad boys and then cry and cry and cry because they're not being nice to them. And it's like, if you have this like pity party narrative in your head that like you're the nicest one and no one's figured it out yet, you haven't actually figured out how you come across. Mm. I can't disagree with that. When you're right, you're right. What about, all right, I'm, I want to not to say real quick, women that are looking for a relationship. I think women that are looking for a relationship, you know what it is, it is for me? Because I've been like, like, all right, I got to lock this one down. It, it is, so it's been out of like, one, I know what's out there. And two, where it's like, yeah, yeah, this is, I look at it like a business uh, partnership. I'm like, this is good business. 
It's like, all right, she got her shit together. She's good looking. She she went to a good school or like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, that's how I look at it. Yeah. And women who are looking for a relationship, to go back to what you were asking. Yeah. Um, I doubt there's a lot listening to this podcast in need of advice, but <laughs> <laughs> I... I, I can't totally relate because I, I I was never in the position where I felt like I was like, I have an idea of what I want in a relationship. I just have to put myself out there. I have to go on dates. Like that just wasn't my, wasn't my story. Um, <laughs> me and Lyle, were, neither of us were really looking for a relationship when we first started dating. And, and so we were lucky in that way because it kind of took a lot of pressure off as far as like honesty and, and things like that, I think. And it's kind of like, for women who like know what they want in a relationship and what they don't want, I think there's a fine balance between being like, okay, I know I don't want the guy who can pack up his life and move in two weeks, but I can't be so rigid in what I don't want that I forget about what I do want. Cause like you said, you attract like what you put out there, you know? And if you're just putting out there, that's not good enough. Then you're just going to get not good enough, you know? You know, like I, I, I blame men less for being desperate to be in a relationship than women, because when a guy normally, excuse me, when like a woman is like just like relationship hungry, has like a uh, domestic fever. Yeah, she's like an animal. Yeah, and it's more so kind of <laughs> like anybody. She's like borrowing. <laughs> yeah, and she and she's not really reasonable. It's like there's like this criteria that, that you got to meet in order to to be in the relationship with her then on top of that it's like she's she's not even typically reasonable about like a man's needs like sex like early on in dating like well i don't want to because who i'm gonna be i need to know that you're gonna be around if we're gonna fuck and it's like all right well you built your pussy up and then we have sex and then you just be on your back like what the fuck's wrong with you <laughs> so like you did all like you built the pussy up you did all this stuff because you're it's care about your body count and you don't just want to fuck everybody and you're being weird about sex when, when, and you're being having all these like a man's gotta be like this and do this and do this and it, it like what the fuck is wrong with you, idiot? And then, <laughs> but when a guy's kind of like relationship, uh, got got a little bit of relationship fever, it's more so. It's often. I met this girl that's cool, and I know what the streets are like. So I would rather just have her on my team. Like, I would rather just be like, you know what, I'm good. And then like really kick it with her for a minute. Or it's not even really relationship fever. It's I want a girl that I can fucking, I want something that's consistent. That isn't, that's sex and beyond sex. Like we could order pizza and watch movies on a Saturday and chill and have sex. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't mean that any guy who wants a relationship is, like, doing it wrong. I just mean, like, there are ways that you can come across wrong. I mean, no, no, there are definitely ways, ways yeah. but I, I think, like, when when women are, like, desperate for a relationship, it's much more uh, depressing than when <laughs> a man wants a relationship. But I also think it's the opposite for sex, because I think when a man's desperate for sex, you can, like, smell his desperation. Oh, yeah. And aggression, and it's just like God, it's yeah, fucking all the backed up come yeah. right, right. Mm -hmm. It'll be anger, or sadness, or they'll just be like not hiding it very well. They haven't been laid in some time, 
And then, but when a woman's like horny, like it can get, it, sometimes it can be a little hot. It's fun. Yeah, sometimes it's like oh, I haven't had dick in forever, and like they're just like yeah, you know, like I just really like the fuck. What's going on with him? Oh, that sounds fun. Like they fucking. <laughs> oh my goodness! See, what, I wish more women just wanted to have sex. You guys would be a lot more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Attracting down to fuck women, the DTFs. I want to unpack that, and I don't want to unpack like how to for. Well, well, you know, okay, Ariel, if you're trying to, attack, it's it's not even really me worth me asking. How do you attract a guy that wants to fuck? Is that worth me even asking you? No. Okay. Good. <laughs> you're saying for a girl to attract a guy that wants. To yeah, fuck? yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to be like, and now we do the women version. Like I'm not trying to I'm not trying to do that, but I'm just like, is there like any like real insight or uh breathe? Okay, there you go. All right. <laughs> Attracting down to fuck women, like let, let's just start with the dating apps. You gotta take complimentary photos of yourself. And I feel I feel qualified to speak on this because I bagged three, I've had sex with three women off bump with off uh bumble and had sex with three women off Tinder and had a lot of oral sex off of uh, Tinder. Oof. What? I'm just kidding. Good for you, baby. Why'd you go oof? Oh, I'm just thinking about germs. But you know, that's the that's the day and age. That was like 2014. And okay, well, good for you. I'm proud of you. Yeah, it was like, it was like 13 <laughs> or 14. Like, uh, there was no COVID. All right, so attract attracting down uh, down to fuck women, attracting hoes on a. Tinder, Bumble, whatever, whatever app is the popping thing. It's always going to change. The obvious is you got to take complimentary photos of yourself, but you got to take like really, really like you know when and like men will feel me on this. You know when you match with a chick or you meet one and then you're like, oh yeah, you text and then you find a social media and you show them the homies pics like, yeah, I met this one girl. Yeah, look at this. And you ain't do shit yet. But you're just trying to get yourself hyped up. You're trying to get the homies hyped up, and the homies hype you up from showing the pictures. And the, and their reactions don't lie. Assume that the girls are doing the same fucking thing. Yes. Take pics to get her homegirls wet, nigga. <laughs> Dress nice, obviously, but have clothes that complement your physique. Mm-hmm. If you got gut, if you got man boobs, if you got like uh just like really skinny arms, if you got uh some fucking if you got some like really like just kind of twig legs, don't be wearing no shorts in your pictures. <laughs> I don't care if you're on the beach, waist up or or kneecap up, whatever. Fresh haircut. That's 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 obvious for the African American listeners, but I'm like, no, nah, you you gotta stay with a line. My bio. I feel like you can you can cut through a lot of bullshit with the bio. Agreed. Cause my I my shit was here for free food, looking for sex. I didn't. It wasn't looking for sex when we met. Uh, it was just I. It was I'm just here for the free food. I felt that was like a you you. Okay, yeah. So I put that out. I, I I've put the section in other times too, but the here for the free food. I was like, I made it clear that I'm here to meet up. And you bitches need to bring something to the table. Honestly, I would have swiped left if I saw the looking for sex thing. Whatever. All right. 
<laughs> Whatever. Okay, what I did worked. All right. So <laughs> let, let's let's focus on that. Yes. I would have swiped left. Why would you swipe left? Because I would have felt a lot of pressure that like there's not an opportunity to just like explore and see what we have when there's like this understanding that you specifically are looking for sex. More girls should have played organized sports. No. I don't Deal think, with that pressure better. So you're saying you, want, you just want to hang out with, like, rugby players? Oh, yeah. Get straight to it. <laughs> <laughs> get a nice little... Get a nice Chinese finger trap hand job. <laughs> but, yeah. So, I said here for the free food because it's, it's something that's quick, simple. and But it... it Put out the idea like, no, I'm here to hang out. I'm not here to have mm -hmm. a fucking pen pal. I liked that a lot, and I thought it was funny. And I remember that I – and you can steal that, people. No one's going to know that you, you plagiarized. Um, but um, – Then when you're on a date, say, I got it from the Let's Unpack That podcast. He talks about relationships. I think you'd like it. Even if you subscribe. <laughs> yeah, even if you think she wouldn't fucking like it. Tell her that anyways. Yeah, well, I liked that because – it implied you wanted to meet up. It was funny. And then I remember thinking, like, okay, what should I... Because it was Bumble, right? What, what should I say is my first line? And I was, like, really thinking about it. Because I was like, okay, he's clearly funny. Should I go off funny or should I just be, like, complimentary? And I was... I, I went for complimentary. I just said, your bio made me laugh. And, like, that's for all the girls out there who want to one-up the guys every single step of the way. Sometimes you've got to relax and have a good time. That shit is trash. Yeah. Uh -huh. This is like I, I really do like, miss when women were women. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Did you ever get girls messaging on there like you better pay for our first date or like replying in that in some sort of way like that? No. You never got any weird responses from that. All like the the weird shit I got from girls was like you're a comedian and saying some like dumb shit. Yeah, I waited till our first date to do that. Right. <laughs> but yeah, like do that. Ask me some stupid shit in person. Don't ask me. Like, yeah. I'm not going to want to see the real life version of you at that point. <laughs> but yeah, my whole thing was like, I'm fun, I'm funny, and I'm horny. And the horny coming out with the free food implying the meetup. Because um, my thing is like, I've met enough girls that were unsure if they were heterosexual on Bumble. I met like a few girls. I met like I met like two virgins mm -hmm. on there. F fucking awful. So my thing is like, all right, I want to eat. Like, like, like I've had enough girls who just want to have their cake and eat it. I was like, now it's time for the big man to eat, and it ain't gonna be cake, bitch. And it's free for me. It's free for me. <laughs> can I can I just say one more thing? Yeah. About the pictures. Okay, unless you're like one of those stupid hot people. Most of us aren't. Most of us, we know our angles. We know what right. looks good at, on us. If you're stupid hot, none of these rules apply to you. You don't even need a bio. Just put like three photos up and you're good. Some emojis. <laughs> Very annoying. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just a fact of life. Put, put, put the flag of your bitch ass country in your yeah. bio. <laughs> NYC to Philly to Hayward. Oh, <laughs> he's a traveler. <laughs> I love we shit on Hayward here. Yeah, we hate Hayward. Boo. Mm. Um, but like, yeah, so stupid hot people don't have to think about any of this. But regular people, yeah, try and look flattering. Other things. If you're wearing sunglasses in your photo, it's just weird. I think it looks weird. Um, if you wear a hat in every single photo, girls are going to assume that 
It's because your hair is thinning. And I don't think there's any, if your hair is thinning, find a way to look good with it and take good pictures of yourself because. I really think you should just be bald. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you need to get the right haircut, you know, and then you also like, depends on how thin the hair is. Like you could be a buzz cut, but just embrace that look and find something that looks good Mm -hmm. on you. Don't try and cover it up with hats all the time because I mean, the first time you see someone, you're going to be like the 26 year old with a comb over. You don't want to be that, you know, just, you know, out here looking like Homer Simpson. Yeah. Um, and then if you have photos from a distance, photos of a lot of friends, photos of your graduation when you're at least two years out of that, um, you know, have a little photo shoot, refresh, refresh the pics. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not trying to see no graduation photos. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be like 23 and you're like dating other 23 year olds. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's normal. Yeah. Like, you know, 20, 25, you're not done with that. Unless you're getting a PhD in like something that pays a lot of money. (laughs) Nah, I don't want to see none of that shit. I don't want to like, I don't want to see your family on there. I don't want to see like, I just like, give me like you with your friends so I can like see how hot you are, like mm-hmm. by comparison to your your uh, world. I like that. Personally, I'm conflicted on the family photos, and I think it's very situation dependent. Like, um, the hotter you are, the better it is to have a single family photo because people kind of assume you're an asshole if you're really hot, and then the less hot you are, not needed. People assume you developed a personality. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go with that. Thanks. But yeah, so if you're yeah, if if, if you're a guy, because I mean, guys, like we really need to start being like girls, and like 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 as far as like the homies and like we gotta start start like hyping our niggas up with the angles and the photos. Like, <laughs> no, 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 hold on, let me get you right here. Yeah, yeah, bitches gonna love that. You need to. It's funny, right? Zinc Zinc was telling me because he works with this uh with this dude who's like 44 year old black dude. And Zinc was telling me, he's like, because he'd be trying to live vicariously through Zinc. And he was telling me, he's like, he's like, yo, yo, what you got to do, man, just take all selfies. You know, you want it to be a mystery. You don't want them to know what your body's like. (laughs) We're both like, that's the most washed ass advice ever. And I'm like, that's some funny shit, though. That's hilarious. Yeah, no, that was going to bring that to the the mirror selfie and talk about when that's appropriate. There's the gym selfie and the mirror selfie. I kind of see those as like, very similar because guys usually use it to post like shirtless photos. I would say if you're really like really built and like you objectively look good and you ask three of your girlfriend girl friends and they agree that you can pull off a shirtless photo and you're trying to track the hose, go for it. Love yourself. You only live one life. But if you, you know, you work out, you're getting a little bit of lines on your arms, but you know, the angles are the important things. Don't take some photo where you're just showing off one arm in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> and Lyle knows what kind of photo I'm talking about. <laughs> I do. I've done it. <laughs> that's not for the dating apps. That's not, that's like, okay, I've been working I've hard. done it there too. <laughs> of course I've done that shit there. I know. And it I'm, was funny. One girl like zoomed in on my arm uh-huh. and, then, and then said, damn, that I matched with. And now I'm like... And then, like, this just occurred to me, like, three months ago. Was that bitch making fun of me? <laughs> <laughs> See, you don't let those thoughts run into your head when you're trying to feel confident on a dating app. I know. 
Although you had a delayed reaction, so, you know. I mean, women are like assholes on dating apps, though. And men are, like, very confident about things. We have to be, because yeah. women are, like, so, so fucking mean. mean. <laughs> I know. Women are, like, so mean. I mean, it, it's shit like that where I'm like, that's why I don't get paid enough. And that's why, like, nobody feels bad for you. Like, we're just scared of you, but we don't feel bad for you. I mean, I feel bad for a woman. I don't feel bad for women. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, like, you're, you're too fucking mean. When is it your fault for attracting shit you don't like? I'll use my life as an example. I felt I was around a lot of whack energy. I'm going to say starting in like kind of parts of 14, definitely 15. But 16 and 17, I just felt like I was around a lot of whack shit. And like coming into 2018, I was like, I got to switch up somehow. And I know I've said this on some other episodes, so like I'm not going to spend too much time on it. But I was like, I'm not happy because of like where I hang out. I'm not happy because of who I'm with. I'm not happy because I'm at like dirty ass dive bars when I'm a bougie motherfucker. I'm not happy. And the reason I'm there is because I'm out just to be out, which is sad. And, and you know, when you're a single guy, there's this kind of like slippery slope of, you know, you, you got a hole in your pocket. You got some money to burn. And you find yourself, and, and where it's like you kind of got that energy. You're like, man, let's go out. Let's go find something. Let's go find something. But if you're not picky about where you go, that shit could turn sad real quick. And then, you know, I switched up to going to upscale happy hours and wine bars and, you know, just being in places where there's more of a standard for how you conduct yourself when you're out. But I had to take accountability. I just take accountability that when I wasn't doing stand up, like my life was like when I wasn't doing stand up or doing stuff to like promote shows or being on the road, my free time will basically be doing like cardio for two hours and then lift and then drink uh, uh, copious amounts of liquor. So it's just like, uh, 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 aggression, uh, uh, drinking. I was out to be out. And sometimes with people I didn't like, which is very dope fiendish. <laughs> like, I've never used hard drugs. Like, I've never done any powder. I've never, you know, it, just weed. But <laughs> there can still be something kind of dope fiendish about how you move it. <laughs> the people around me were slipping, too. I didn't have higher standards for my friends. And, like, because, like, guys I knew, man, like, they, dude, like, by 2017, like, dude, they was abusing coke. They was abusing pills. Niggas' mental health was fucked up. Twenty seven was twenty seventeen was a rough year for a lot of people. Like Trump just being office. You had the Me Too movement. You had uh, gentrification. If that affected you, like motherfuckers was tripping. So for me personally, I like I had to switch up. I was like, fuck this. I can't be surprised. My life is whack when I'm not holding niggas to no real types of standards. I'm not holding my friends to no real types of standards. I'm not holding myself to higher standards. And with the women, it's more about who says yes and looks good enough than it being somebody I really want to be around. And some people can live like that. Some people thrive like that. Some people like being messy. Some people like conflict and somebody to demonize. That's a very regular thing. 
I kind of think it's why people like to hate athletes. Because I, I, I really don't, with the exception of, I don't know, like, a, a, I'm an NBA guy, can't go NFL or MLB. But, like, with the exception of, I don't know, like, maybe, like, an 80s Pistons that played dirty or Carl Malone because he's, you know, like a a deadbeat dad and a pedophile, like, or fucking, you know, like, like with certain people, it's, it's like, all right, I get why you hate them. But, like, like LeBron, for example, I get not liking LeBron's game because he's like six foot eight, six nine, and two fifty, and fucking flops sometimes. Well, I mean, everybody in the NBA flops now, but I get it. Like, I I, I get issues where his game is a little too herky jerky for somebody's taste, and I get people being more Jordan guys or more Kobe guys, or somebody being like, "Well, he does what Magic does, but Magic it was a lot more." Like, I, I get it, but also like when somebody my age says, "Like, well, Magic was." Better than LeBron. Like, are you really sitting up here watching like 80 Showtime Laker highlights on YouTube? Like, you're not. You're just finding the like to anyways. Some people just like to fucking hate. But me, me and whack energy don't get along well. Like, I can't be around niggas that say I hate this shit and call it a joke. Like, no, I'm just fuck with you. You can get on me back. You can get on me back. And it's like, I don't really want to get on you back. And then, because I've been around niggas where like, no, get get on me back. And then, and now like I take, and I take them up on the offer. And then I'm a fucking comedian. Like, so if you, even if you say something that pisses me off, it's like, well, nigga, I still like, I, I'm paid to be clever for a living. Like, you're not. What the fuck you think you're doing? And then, of course, they stop joking and they just say some below the belt shit where it's like, well, damn, nigga, like you, you're not even like roasting me. Like it's, it's fighting words at this point. But I can't be around that shit. I don't like being around passive aggressive shit. I don't like being around people where it seems as though their life is kind of constantly always falling apart. Not a rough patch. Like, something's always fucking just... Like, shit's always falling from the sky on them. And I don't like wishy-washy people. I don't like flakes. And I think it's your fault when you don't change the changeable. And like I said, I have empathy because sometimes your job and financial situation is just where the fuck it's at. Sometimes you keep meeting whack people with dating. You might realize you were okay with the city you lived in because you had the right distractions and now you hate where you live. But you came to a city because a school or a relationship or a job and life happens and you're asking yourself, what the fuck am I doing in New Mexico? I'm not a subscriber to the anything that's bad in your life is your fault. It's all about how you handle it. And if you can't do 500 push-ups and sit-ups, then being a winner isn't for you. Mind, body, spirit, brother. Get it together. I'm not with that motivational meme bullshit. I do believe shit can fall from the sky and land on you. I do believe in taking L's on the chin. I think it's your fault when you don't fucking handle what you can handle. This is why I'm so picky about the company I keep. Because I've let niggas be who they are and it brought me down. I mean, I can't change nobody. I'm not like letting no man be who they are. But I mean, I can't 
have you be who you who you are, which is whack, which is corny or whatever. And oh, let me I got plenty of corny homies. I, I can't let you be whack, toxic. And not toxic in like the fucking feminist textbook way. I mean, like we're actual fucking to- like, damn, nigga, you toxic. And, and I can't still be friends with you. I can't do that. Because then I have only myself to be mad at when whack shit comes into my life. And I don't want to be mad at me. I love me. I like me. I'm great. I'm not going to allow you to make me mad at me when I know you are who the fuck you are. You got to be picky, man. It was this one comic, man. He was like, and again, like, I was just kind of like, all right, who likes going out? Who's down there? He was a comic to do my shows. And the thing is, this dude, and he hooked me up with some with some uh, good paying shit in his hometown. So I was like, all right, man. Like, like, with, like within a year, I made, what did he hook me up with? Hold on. <laughs> Let me run the because I did give him a pass just off of the fact that he did hook up a lot of shit. Okay, yeah, like like within a year, I made like a little under like a thousand dollars from doing like two shows in his hometown. So I was like, all right, that brought you some time for fucking up. But ultimately, like the kid, like he he do my shows and he just be around my he'd be loud as hell and be like, yo, man, you gotta stop doing that. He'd be late. He'd be fucking, you know, just fucking using up drink tickets. Like, can I get another drink ticket? It's like, nigga, you got four drink tickets. You're getting paid. Like, what the fuck is wrong? And he was it, it was a lot of whack energy. He was very comfortable being like a Peter Pan bum ass nigga. You know? Just coming through sloppy and, and shit like that. Even though he was like, I I, I don't want to say a good guy, but I'm I'm gonna say like like I don't think he he was bad. I think he was he was just selfish and he he, he liked coke. He was very fond of cocaine and shit like that. And I ha- I had to do away with them because I'm like, and, and let me tell you something because it's not like he did anything that was like really really fucking foul. To the point where like, oh, you piece of shit. But it was just like thing after another. And I just felt like, I feel like I'm kind of like a babysitter when this motherfucker's around. You're my age, but you acting like my little brother in terms of like, you know. Dude, I mean, yeah, I can't fucking do it. I, I, I can't fucking do it. But my point is when that nigga got the, when I said, no, you don't have access to Lyle Barron's anymore. My life got better. Like, I, I genuinely felt, because, I mean, there's something to, like, the niggas that's around you, they can affect your swag, who's around you. Like I said, and I have a very eclectic social circle, you know? I got some corny homies. I got some cool homies. I got some, like, weird nerd homies. And I I, I like to mix it up. I, I like to have a big, I, I wouldn't say I like to have a big circle, but I kind of look at it like a like a bunch of different dipping sauces from Chick-fil-A. Let me try this Polynesian. Let me try this ranch. Let me try this hot honey mustard. Let me try the spicy one. Let me try the barbecue sauce. Cause you know, you wanna be you wanna be a well-rounded person. You don't wanna just be because I've been around people 
where they have like the same type of fucking friends and then they invite me like it'll be their birthday or something and i'm like this is your fucking social circle god damn this shit is boring and, and like i like to keep different perspectives but so that being said what i cannot allow is i cannot allow bum perspective like i can't like like an example of like, like bum shit is we going out we having drinks right I can't have no type of shit where it's like I get around, you get around, and I feel like you're trying to finesse me into a round. It's just like niggas are just drinking, get the next one. Like fuck it, like I'll handle everything here, and then and then we we bounce to the next spot. You know, it's there's just certain shit where I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't be around that. Anyways, my point, I, I rambled about that too much, but my point is. I'm not about to let you make me mad at me when I know your fucking character. All right, let's unpack people that keep attracting toxic relationships. I feel everybody is allowed one. One toxic or abusive or bad partner. You know, like everybody, it is, for me, it was the first one. It's like, Everybody's allowed like one person that brought their trauma from the last one and they put it on you and it turns in like that. Did you see that uh uh me Mario? It was like it was something like uh hurt girl fucks over good guy, good guy becomes asshole. It's like this like chart with a bunch of arrows. That yeah, shows that's the evolution of bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was some bullshit. It was like, hurt people hurt. Yeah, I guess. Oh man, so people <laughs> shared that. Oh, people are so basic. But anyways, yeah. Like I, I feel everybody's allowed one of those. But like I know a guy, and this nigga has never had a good relationship, and he's like in his late forties. He's got kids and shit, and he's like Trenton Davis. If Trenton didn't admit who he was, and Trenton's worked on himself. Trenton's worked on himself. That's good. Good for you, Trenton. Yeah. And and shout out Trenton Davis. But and if he's not anywhere nearly as funny as I'm not saying he's a comic, but you know, he's obviously not as funny as Trenton. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, this nigga's like six foot six. Um college educated. I'm not gonna say what he does, but he's in a field around a lot of women. Um, he works in finance. Okay, so <laughs> I'm switching up because I'm switching up the details. I want to. I feel like Trenton right now. Like I want to say more. That loud you make all oh, Lauren. <laughs> so, anyways, but like he's a good guy. So, so, but anyways, but but every time I see this nigga, he's got like he's got a story of a woman that just kind of like fucked his life up and didn't appreciate him. And I also see him with a new woman every time I see him. <laughs> and he had this one. And, like, he's been through everything. He's, he's, like, everything you could imagine a nigga that age. But he's going through it in his 40s. Stalking. There could be the girls thirst trapping on social media. Cheating. Looking through DMs. They could be doing shit with a bank account. Anything you could picture a 47-year-old man that's a professional could go through with bitches. He's been there. Including long Facebook posts putting his business out there. Oh, yeah. Did I show you one of his posts? You sure did. Yeah. <laughs> and not at 25. He's going through this in his late 40s. But the 
But the bottom line is, this nigga has been burned many a times, and on paper, he's perfect. He's tall, he's buff, he's handsome, he dresses nice, he's personable, pause. But, <laughs> but this nigga's a fucking man whore. And outside of being a man, and this goes, and I say all this to say, because it's about a lesson in attracting energy, is he's a man whore. And he's a huge fucking gossip. He's from the South, so that's kind of expected because they do gossip a lot down there. But he gossip in a way that reminds me of like when my when I got like a little gossipy when I was like eight, nine years old, and my dad said, You you've been around your mom too much. You gotta cut that out. Because <laughs> my mom would like get in these like little petty shit with like some of my friends' moms or like moms from like the school and be like, what's in yeah, And she'd be talking a bunch of shit. And like one time I was like repeating shit my mom said to my dad and my dad was like, knock that off. Cut that shit out. Which is that's why you need a father in the household. <laughs> but yeah, he talks shit like that. Because he, he, he talks about other people, you know, he likes to have a good time with the ladies. If you 47 is single, is still dating casually and have different women around, they're kind of all going to be the same type. Some are going to be for the streets. Some are still going to be moving with a trauma. And to break this guy's situation down, I think he's been in petty shit for so long. This high school world has become very normalized for him. Like to compare him to Trenton again, when Trenton talks about women or other people, it's always with a smile. Like Unless it's his baby moms, obviously. But... <laughs> But, like, there's, like, a, a fondness. It's philosophical. It's reflective. It's like, yeah, I did that shit. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, we was in it together. But when this guy talks about other people, it's from this perch of disgust. It's from a place of judgment. It's from a place of entitlement. And I think that's why this guy is always in some bullshit with some women. Because it's like, and you you give me your insights on the Ariel, but I think like when it's like okay, one, like if you're like if you're a man who because Trent is very honest about like the fact he's a fucking sexual deviant, but this guy is very very like it's like he he tries to act like he like really like these women. It's like you don't like these women, Nick. like just admit you want to come on their face and disrespect them, you know, but like. Like, like, admit it, admit it. That, 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 that's who the fuck you are. And I'm not, you know, like, admit that's what you're trying to do. But when you try to act like you're this good guy, when you're not, when you, you know, you, you, you like playing the field. And on top of that, like, talking shit kind of comes natural. So it's like, you think this nigga just talks shit to little old Lyle Barons? No, this nigga talks shit regularly. <laughs> so you're saying that the way he, he acts makes him attract uh, a certain type of person, personality. Personality and, and just... Because what it comes down to is, like, the women in his life, they do things that he feels violates shit. So, so like I said, it could be, like, they talking to somebody, it could be something they posting... It could, it could be whatever, but the bottom line is he constantly feels that these bitches be violating him. Mm -hmm. And 
I think it's because he's not really honest about who he is. I mean, I think it's it's two things, though, because I think another part of it is... Talk to me. People, and this goes for, like, sexual relationships, like, you know, intimate relationships, but also friendships. I think people who like the excitement and the drama of a toxic relationship, they also have problems with, like, actual intimacy and, like, actually being vulnerable. Mm. So, like he's able to cover up what should be like vulnerability with like whatever explosive, like maybe it's like really like sexual energy at the beginning that turns into fights that turns into makeups and breakups and all this stuff. And at the end of the day, you never have to really be vulnerable with the fact that like, Hmm, I don't really like myself. Hmm. I just want to validate myself. And, and that's kind of at the kernel of like a lot of that type of behavior. I mean, I think that that kind of, thinking of like insecurity can manifest in a lot of ways, but for people who are perpetually in toxic relationships and calling their, all their exes crazy. And like, (laughs) you know, it's like, there's one common denominator and it's you. So, um, I'm just going to do a little plug for therapy here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Ariel, the God. (laughs) But it's true. I mean, I think it's sad, honestly, that he's in his late 40s and he's still doing this. He must feel like he's in the same cycle and notice patterns. And you clearly notice patterns. But it's kind of sad to be like, damn, like, there's probably part of him that wants a stable relationship, wants an honest, loving relationship, wants to be loved for who he actually is. But who he actually is is buried very deep inside of, like, what he projects. To, to like protect himself, you know? You know, I, it's funny you say that about, you know, him, him going through all that in his late 40s. Because like, I think about, I like, I think about that and then probably even some of the types of women he's dealing with and his other counterparts of both sexes. And it's like, there's like the surface thing of, you know, when you're where you want to be at, 30 at 35 at 40 and so on mm-hmm. and it's like yeah it's like all right you you in good shape you got you got your finances or at least together on the certain like you ain't doing no gofundmes you know you you got your shit together and you you know you, your kids are doing well you know they're beautiful happy healthy and all that but at the same time when it comes to your personal life you still moving out here like you're in your early 20s and like it Here's a here's a question. What is worse? Because I mean, on, on the service level, I'm like, I would rather be in his position where like I have like I'm not worried about like money and I have my career and I'm doing what I'm doing for the rest of my life and I look good doing it and all that. But I'm like emotionally and romantically and all that, I'm still moving like I'm in my early twenties. Or you could be on the flip side, you could be still like that age in your 40s and you know your career stuff is kind of flimsy and you, you, you're working gigs and you know like you, you, you're not about to be out on the street but you know you definitely gotta you gotta pull some miracles every few months sometimes if shit gets hard but like romantically intimately you have peace with yourself yeah, I think that's- but all it takes is a few bad medical uh, hospital stays whatever for you to be like need a GoFundMe page. 
I mean, I think like that's a good hypothetical. Like, you know, would you rather have wealth or like happiness is essentially the question. It's essentially the question, but I mean, it's like on a more realistic plane. Yeah. But I think that life isn't so uh, black and white like that. You know what I mean? Like, I I hear what you're saying as far as like, well, he's got all these other things together. What if that was like your one Achilles heel? But I think like um, when you compare yourself to others, you got to take the whole package. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to like, like do a, a, a super over, you know, deep dive into this man's because I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm done with his ass. But <laughs> it's more so in, in terms of this thing where it's like, all right, you, you want to be in these places at this certain age, and you know, there's like these expectations, and like you work hard and you're there. And but what about like the other work that comes into like the other side of things? I mean, I think that a lot of people who have insecurity find drive in trying to cover that up in a lot of different ways. So the other things might be also at the root of that. If you see that there's this like huge turbulence in the rest in one part of their life and not the rest of it, like, okay, for example, like for me, I was always like a very smart student. And then when I was like, I had like one of the hardest years of college for me was like my sophomore year, I was just very stressed out all the time but i also got the best grades of like my entire like college career that year and it's because i like channeled a lot of things into just like okay i'm gonna just study for like eight hours right now you know what i mean so like being successful on paper like it it's good because it helped me in the long run it's bad because it didn't feel very good and I guess I don't have an answer for you because I'm just too I'm too picky about that kind of hypothetical. It's funny. I'm like, I wish women you guys could answer hypotheticals. I think I'm too realistic. Oh, Ariel said she's a real nigga. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like Steve Kerr recently. Here first. <laughs> Steve Kerr had this. Um, Steve Kerr was on on a pod recently, and he said that coaching the. 2019 he said that coaching the 2020 warriors when they they sucked and all that and didn't get the invite to the bubble because steph and clay were, were hurt or whatever and uh, or they just lost a bunch of games steph, steph was okay but anyways steve kerr said that coaching the 2020 warriors when they sucked was more enjoyable than the 2019 warriors when they lost to toronto really yeah and he implied like some well, what's funny is like like he said that, you know, there's like stuff you saw, stuff you didn't see, and a lot of distractions. And then Kevin Durant responded to the the quote, uh, and he wrote something like that's hilarious. Hmm. You know, Kevin Durant being this field. Kevin Durant's like, fuck my burner, you getting all the smoke. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean for me, I don't have a parallel to that because I'm like <laughs> when I'm making money and doing books, I'm fucking happy. Like doing what I want. Like, I know that's why I can't answer the the, the wealthier happiness because if I truly was struggling for money every month, I don't think I'd be very happy. Yeah, well, I don't want to say struggling every month, but okay. Here's like something that's interesting is like like with the last Jan- last dance, uh, the Jordan Bulls documentary. Is Jordan like when you see him crying and he's like, that's what it takes to win, and everybody's saying like what a fucking asshole and pain ass he was to be around, but it's he did all this like amazing shit. But it's like 
wasn't really the most well-rounded person. You know, he was fucking like in the documentary you see, like he's in his hotel room most of the time, and the people that he really just hangs out with were the um the old security guys, and he'd like fucking play dice and talk shit with them. And he was he was like, you know, just being up here in the hotel. This is nice, and it's and Jordan's not he's not funny like Charles Barkley. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's doing like this very pedestrian humor. He's he's he can't play the piano. He's fucking up on the keys and everything. And, and when you think about a guy like Jordan, he he and they don't even really mention his family. His kids is in it just for a minute. And it's like, OK, he kind of like gave up his his 20s and 30s. You know what I mean? But at the same time, he's like the best basketball player that ever lived. Yeah, I think that just goes back to like life is very complicated for different people. And people have people enjoy different parts of their life depending on where they're at. Like, you know how they say like youth is wasted on the young? Yeah. Like, I'm starting to really understand that as I approach my late 20s. Cause like I see my younger sister and like she is fucking, she has it fucking made right now. I mean, she's got no money, but she's like. Give them a brief uh, thing of her lifestyle right now. She lives in a different country where most people are vaccinated. She can go out and party. Uh, she doesn't have a job, but she has just enough money for my parents to party and eat and sleep. And uh, she stressed the fuck out about the rest of her life. But when I look at it, I'm like, dude, you just got the best give ever. Your, your whole pandemic experience is partying with friends making new friends like in this other country that's like very fun to be in like you get to go to the beach all the time like yeah you have credit card debt now but you know like you've got a job you'll figure it out maybe it's the, <laughs> maybe it's the inner city nigga in me but i don't really ever truly worry about anybody that has a college degree yeah i'm like you're gonna be able to do something like- i mean i don't <laughs> truly worry about her either because like her heartstrings, she's the youngest one, so you know the baby can pull on the heartstrings the most. Right. So, like, my mom is like, I know we have to cut her off. Um, that's got to happen. But Eventually. But my mom's like, but in a pandemic? And she just graduated college? And how is she supposed to do anything? And in my head, I'm like, if it was me, I would have been working my ass off. But I definitely didn't enjoy my life as much as my sister is currently enjoying hers at the same age. Because I was just, like, so, like scared of failure and she's like actively failing but having a great time i was watching this this (laughs) documentary that kobe himself uh produced and narrated it it came out on showtime in like 15 and anyways there's a scene where kobe's talking about how he'd like you know when he was like a rookie or his second year with the lakers he'd be like driving around the ucla campus and see kids at parties and he'd be like and i wonder like did i fucked up like, cause I'm just kind of in the gym by myself and, and we know how the story obviously ends, right. but it's like, that is something that, that like, I, I do think about is like, you, you give your, yourself to be like professional, great on the surface level and all these things. But then, and what Kobe, see, like he, he put, he put himself into his family, probably more than Jordan did. Yeah, you know, he put himself in his family. I think that's safe to say, but But, like, even somebody like that had those thoughts, and then he's, like, living a bunch of those kids' dreams. You know what I mean? But but I, I say all that to say, like, I want... 
don't know, man. Maybe these are just like 30-year-old ramblings. No, I kind of, I mean, right now I'm really identifying with Kobe Bryant, which feels great. Because <laughs> I, I, I was the kind of like, I was scared of not working hard enough. So I just like worked so hard in college and after college and like, oh, I have to make sure I save and not do this and do this and do that. And, oh, I can't go out here. Gotta do this and do that. I do kind of feel like I, I, there's definitely things I missed out on of those years, but then I recall being that age and being in like the club or whatever, and just feeling like I'm not comfortable. So like, I have to give myself a dose of reality of like, who am I really? Being 24 in the club is not really was, who I am. Was really. this when you graduated? Yeah. Yeah. I was just very scared of like, just comparing myself to all my fellow graduates and like, I know how much they make when they got out of college and I'm not making that much and I've got student debt and oh my God, like all this stuff. Oh my gosh, I'm living at home and they've got apartments. Like, you know, it was all those thoughts going through my head. And like, I think it, but on the other hand, like it definitely motivated me. Like, I mean, I pushed my career like way hard and it's, it's definitely paid off, but it's not like. I'll say. (laughs) Recording this podcast with the fucking, uh, 4d light oh yeah i mean we're in my seven bedroom apartment (laughs) we got a pool we got a jacuzzi you know we're doing pretty good over here we're doing all right (laughs) this took a very millennial turn yeah it was like when we got like real existential about it but but yeah and also very self-involved it was great (laughs) well i tried to make like like analogies that they relate to you just talked about your family and myself and yourself and thanks for giving me space for that you know, you know, but um, but yeah, I mean that that's that, that's definitely something to think about. Is you know you got all your shit on the surface, but then right. that other stuff, and then and then to, to put a nice little bow on it is what what I feel like you devote a lot of your time to is what you attract. I don't feel that way. I know that shit. It's absolutely true. I mean, I know, I know for myself, just with like, I, I running shows, doing stand up or whatever. But at the same time, like, I was still kind of thinking, like, all right, what's happening when I get off stage? Mm-hmm. What what's happening like, later tonight? I can't wait for that Saturday. Show. Oh, I hope some bitches roll to the, to the Saturday <laughs> late show and I can just bounce. And and thinking like that, you know. Didn't have as much fun. I certain people, I felt like weren't respecting me as much on, on, on the business front. And then when I started like just kind of just going to my jazz clubs and just sipping wine and just keeping it to a movie and keeping it chill, like shit just got better because I was like just like when I was about the comedy and all that and business and whatever, I was about what the fuck I was about. And I feel like when you, when you don't really focus on things, it can kind of spill into bullshit. And then that's where it tracks the fuckery. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Did that make sense there? Yeah, it made totally Okay, sense. I kind of worry I'm rambling today. No, I think, I think that, was, that was fair. But to bring it back to attracting toxic relationships, like if you are a listener currently feeling like you've identified a cycle, or even if you haven't identified your own cycle, if someone else has pointed it out to you, you felt a little defensive, but you also felt there was a kernel of truth. Just know you're not alone in that. And like a lot of people are, have gone through that. But then also think about like, 
what kind of person do you want to be and be with in like 10 years? Kernel of truth is important. A lot of people think like you got to do like acid or psychedelics to smoke some crack to like go to your dark side and find out some shit you really don't want to know. I think, I think you really just got to unpack shit where there's a kernel of truth and shit where it's like somebody says something you're like, that's not true. Or like, fuck you. You know, it's like when somebody says something and it evokes a fuck you. And mm. that's like, oh, where's that coming from? And it's like, well, is it because it's not true? Well, <sighs> kernel of truth. Get to that kernel and you'll find something real about yourself that you, you, you'll, you're either fine living with and down to justify or that you'll change. I love that. This has been the Let's Unpack That Podcast. I have been your host, Lyle Barrett. Thank you very much for tuning in. Special thank you to Ariel for dropping in and joining us. Also, I got to give a special shout out to my guy, Hunter. Like I told you, people have sent me P.F. Chang's gift cards. My man sent me a gift card for $80. That's how the fuck you support the podcast, okay? I'm not going to do like a Patreon. So I'm like, <laughs> charge you $3 a month for like a <laughs> for a segment that I'm not going to put on the actual show. No, man, if you fuck with me, uh, Foot Locker gift cards, P.F. Chang's gift cards, Nike Store gift cards. You know, like, I'm a gift card coon, man. Anyways, hope you guys enjoyed the show. I'll see you on Friday. Be well.